Welcome to the Loft Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message and that it ignites in you a hunger for more of God's presence in your life. And uh, tonight, I just want to share with you something that the Lord downloaded on my heart while I was laying there in bed. Um, And I really believe uh, um, that God wants to upgrade us tonight. And um, Psalms 23, usually they read that at funerals. But there's a portion of that says, um, he, I lie be, beside still waters. And sometimes God lets us lie. Sometimes we get sick, and I believe ultimately God wants us healed. That's the heart of the Father is healing. I'm going to talk to you about that tonight. But, but when our bodies are healing, sometimes it's an opportunity for God to speak to us. Because sometimes it's the only time we like really listen. So about three weeks ago, the end of, um, and just welcome for those of you that are new, that I don't know. It's good to see you guys. Um, I, I also just wanted to say that uh, I went, I, even though I wasn't here, I listened to Glenn and um, Luann and Steve and Susie. You guys, we are blessed, man. These guys just, each one has different gifts, teacher, prophet, and then Susie and Steve, it's like father and mama, you know, just, it just, I, and Susie's like, like a little firecracker, man. You just get her going, you know, and so we're blessed. And um, it was great listening to what they had to say and what Glenn shared last um, uh, Saturday night about the kingdom. I want to talk to you a little bit more about that because we are kingdom people. And, and I want to talk to you about an elevation tonight for, I, I hope for you, what, what the Lord did for me. In, revela- in revealing this to me, he'll do that for you. And Because um, I've been in church most of my life. And what I'm going to share with you, I've heard most of my life. But I got hope and faith confused. And a lot of you are disappointed with God. A lot of the church is disappointed with God because they have hope and faith confused. And I want to talk to you about that. But before I do, I'll tell you a little about the journey. Um, and then we're going to look at some scripture tonight. And then I want to I want us to covenant with one another tonight. And so there is a part you're going to play at the end of this. And but I want you to hear the message and I want the Lord to speak to you. And I'm just a vehicle tonight that he's using to communicate. So uh, end of August, I took my youngest daughter, Hope, to BSSM to Reading. She's going to school there her first year. And it's a God thing. It happened in like three weeks. It was a whirlwind. It was amazing. She got in. Um, for those of you that don't know, it's a church in Redding, California. There's a school there, a discipleship school. Hopi has had some incredible things happen in her life in the last couple months. And she gave the whole month of August to God, quit her job. God spoke to her, said, this is what I want you to do. So I was down there for a week, went to Bethel uh, the last Sunday in August, started driving home and felt like really tired. I'm just really tired because I've been in Bethel all week with my daughter. And then, you know, leaving your daughter in another state, you know, the dad, you kind of wait to get in the car and then you cry on the way home. (laughs) My daughter's in right? And um, so, and then I texted her uh, when I stopped. I stopped and I texted her and said, do you miss me yet? Kind of joking. And she goes, yes. And then I went, ah, all over again, right? So then by Tuesday, I was coughing, and I thought, man, something doesn't feel right. And, you know, I've gone, I don't know, the last, what, year and a half, and I don't think we've gotten COVID, and we've, like, 
been, you know, hugging and loving, and we've been everywhere with people. And so uh, the cough was kind of weird. And then Wednesday morning, this was on the 8th. Don't worry. So don't freak out. Some of you, it's, I'm way past getting anybody sick. I wouldn't be here. So I had a, a fever, and I went, oh, no, I think it's the COVID. <laughs> and I went to go get checked at one of the GO clinics, and sure enough, I had COVID. And so funny, because you kind of feel if you've, if you've had it, um, they escort you out the back door. It's like, okay, we want you to go out the back way. And you're kind of like, leper, unclean, unclean. <laughs> and um, so... Uh, it, you know, I, I praise the Lord. It, it was my, I had a fever for a while. Um, it, Shelly got it as well. It, she, it, it wasn't as rough for her as it was for me for some reason. And um, I had a fever for about seven days and a cough that just would not go away. Um, I didn't have any serious breathing issues. Um, we went walking every day and just declared the Word of God. And But I will tell you this, because it's kind of where I want to go tonight and what I want to talk to you about hope and faith. And um, there was a night in my room where I felt fear come into my room. And uh, fear is a spirit, the spirit of fear. God says, I have not given you the spirit of fear. There is a spirit assigned to COVID, and it is a spirit of fear. And I'm not going to be political tonight because people have all different beliefs. And we've seen this country become more and more divided from presidential elections to masks to now vaccines. So my, my heart is, is let Holy Spirit speak to you what God is telling you as a believer. <clears throat> and so there was one night in particular where my fever was, was uh, I think it was 101.9. And it just didn't seem like it was going down. And so I'm thinking fear came in. And what if this gets bad? What if it becomes pneumonia? And I could feel myself getting anxiety rising up. But it felt like there was something in my room. I just felt fear, tremendous amount of fear. So what I'm going to share with you is what the Lord told me. I don't have any proof. I just heard it in my spirit. And I'm going to tell you what I heard in my spirit um, but I heard the Lord say that the spirit that is f with COVID is the same spirit we saw in the Old Testament that was the death angel that was out to destroy and to kill and to bring fear to people. And I heard the Lord say, I want you to plead the blood of Jesus over your life and your health. <clears throat> so I began to decree and declare the blood of Jesus. And I, and, I, and I came against the spirit of fear, and I came against the spirit of the fear of death or the spirit of more sickness, <clears throat> the imagination. I covered my mind with the blood of Jesus, and I just felt a battle. And the only thing I can tell you is, it, it, I don't know if you've ever felt an evil spirit in your room or in a place. That's what I felt. And so as I decreed and declared the blood of Jesus and said, his blood flows through my veins, his blood has saved me and redeemed me, and I'm set apart. Because in the Old Testament, that's what was painted above the doorposts was the blood. And the blood is immunity. The blood is protection. So I, I felt it leave. I felt it break. I felt peace come in the room. And then... Um, I felt like the next assignment from the Lord was the Word of God and beginning to decree and declare the Word of God. So what I did for you guys, because this is what I want to talk about when I talk about faith tonight, 
Um, and I have show and tell items that I want to show you too because I do really good with pictures. But um, someone who's a mentor in my life sent me healing scriptures. There's a front and a back sheet, and this is on the back. And he said, all I want you to do is read these every night out loud over yourself because it's the Word of God. So I just did that. I just began to read the Word of God. And he just said, I'm just going to read this over myself. And I saw some things as I read this that I want to share with you tonight. So here's the first thing I want to share with you. Faith is the currency of the kingdom. It's the currency of heaven. Faith is the currency of the kingdom of heaven. It's what we spend. When we say, may heaven come to earth, how we bring heaven to earth is through our faith. And it's not our faith in our faith. It's our faith in the person of Jesus Christ and the word of God and what he said. And this is what I want to explain to you tonight, because faith is, in fact, turn to Hebrews. Let's look at Hebrews. Let's look at the word, since we're talking about the word. Turn to Hebrews chapter 11. This is crazy, you guys. This verse always was like kind of a, I never like, this is kind of a weird verse. And then I kind of got it. And I want us to go back and remember if you were here and if you didn't, go back and listen to Glenn's word about the kingdom because we are a kingdom people. We focus on what the kingdom of God says, not what the kingdom of the world says. Okay, so yes, we live in the world, but we belong to a different kingdom. Do you guys know what the word kingdom means? King's domain. King's rule. Here's what's scary. For people who don't know Jesus, the highest form of government is the kingdom of this world. For us who know Jesus, our highest form of government is the kingdom of heaven. Aren't you glad that our kingdom is higher than this kingdom? That's what I take my hope in, all right? So it's the king's domain. It's the king's rule. So look at this verse, chapter 11, verse 1. This is crazy. It says, now hope is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. I read that and I'm like, okay, that doesn't make sense. Faith is not seen. It's the evidence of things not seen. What does that mean? So here's, here's how I want to define a little bit faith and hope, just so we kind of get some, a handle on this before we look at another verse, okay? Faith is now. Say that with me. Faith is now. It's present. Hope is future. So let me give you, let me give you an example, okay? I have hope in the return of Jesus Christ. He's coming again. My hope is in the fact that Jesus is coming again. My faith is in the fact that God said in his word that Jesus is coming again. So my faith active now is I know that God said Jesus is coming again. My hope is that someday he's coming again. My hope is in that so-and-so that I love will get saved. I'm believing they're going to get saved. But faith is a now thing. And let me give you an example of how faith is a now thing. I'm going to read this to you. This is Isaiah 53, 4 through 5. And this is kind of what I learned. This, if we can grab a hold of this, it's going to change how you pray. It's going to change how you pray and how you believe. Hope is future. So let me give you an example. I'm laying there praying, God, please heal my body. Hope. I want to get well. And then I came across this, this verse in Isaiah 53, 4 through 5. And I want you to listen to this verse to me. Surely he has borne my griefs and carried my sorrows. Yet I esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. 
This is a prophetic word about Jesus. But he was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement for my peace was upon him, and by his stripes I am healed. It didn't say, I'm going to be healed. It said, I am healed. So all of a sudden it went, so what if faith is a present belief in what God said? So all of a sudden I started to go through Scripture and I just started to confirm that the power of faith is in the Word of God and what He said. The power to perform what God wants to see happen is in the Word of God itself. In other words, if God said it, the power to make it happen is in the fact that God said it. So if you and I say it and decree and declare it and believe that God's Word is true, a lot of Christians believe in God, but they don't believe His Word is true. Do you know why? Because we speak doubt all the time. I catch myself saying this all the time. We own stuff we're not supposed to own. Oh, my, whatever. We own, we add, we, we own it. We, we, we take it. Instead of going back and saying, what does God say? Let me give you a faith now. Many of you a few weeks ago were here. How many of you heard my daughter, Michaela, speak a few weeks ago preach? If you don't know the story of my daughter, she talked about when she was a sophomore and she showed slides of her injury and she talked about a rock that came crashing through the windshield and it hit her in the head and she had an hour to live because she has bleeding on her brain. And I was at an, uh, uh, an elders meeting and I got the call that my daughter was in the hospital and I'm rushing to the hospital not knowing if I'm going to see her again. Well, I wanted to show you the rock that came through the windshield because many of you have heard this story, but you've not seen the rock. And you are more than welcome to come pick this up and um, look at it because it's a testimony. So this is the rock that she was a passenger in a vehicle and it came crashing through the windshield and it hit her in the head and then ricocheted on the side of the car and went to the back seat. And my son was very little, Samuel then, and it missed the, the two kids that were in the back seat. Michaela deflected it with her head. But this was the rock. She deflected it with her head, seriously. It kept it, kept it from going to the back seat. And she lay over, and, and thank God the guy driving called 911. They did the right thing. They life-flighted her when they saw the rock, and she had an hour to live. It was a miracle. She was in the hospital three days. She didn't tell you guys a lot of the story. She was in ICU two days, out of ICU one day. She went back to school two months later and maintained her four-point and graduated. Let me tell you why, I think. When she was a little girl, she came out of her room, and she said, Dad, God's told me I'm going to Africa. And we were like when she was little, okay. You know, when, when the kids are little, they may be firemen and policemen, and they got all these dreams. Oh, that's really good, right? So all of a sudden, she's like decorating her room in African motif. She's giving money away to African missionaries. And she's like 10 or 11. She's adopting her babysitting money. She's adopting kids from Africa and supporting them. We're like, this is serious now. So I realized she really heard God speak to her at 10, 11, and 12. Fast forward to being a sophomore. I'm on my way to the hospital crying to God and praying in my prayer language, not knowing if my daughter is alive or not. And here's where hope became faith. It became present. 
This is what you got to get a hold of because some of you are struggling because you're, you're thinking that you're operating in faith when it's hope. And hope isn't bad. But if you don't operate in faith, you're eventually going to be frustrated. So I'm on the way to the hospital hoping that my daughter lives, praying out of hope, when all of a sudden the Holy Spirit said to me, she hasn't gone to Africa yet, and I keep my promises. That's called a word from God. All of a sudden I went, Whoa! And I, so then now here's where faith becomes active. God, if you told that little girl that, that she's going to go to Africa, then I'm going to believe she's going to go to Africa and she's going to live. And I started to declare life over her. And I started to get people to pray life over her. And you know the rest of the story. People prayed. We had prayer cloths come, and, and she ended up on the news because it was such a weird story, so people all over the world were praying. But I really believe there's something about a believer who stands in faith and takes God at his word and trusts what he says. And let me show you how amazing God is, okay, just so you get a little bit of an idea of faith. This is what the enemy sent through the windshield to try to kill my daughter, This is what God gave David to take a giant out. About this size, I'm guesstimating. I'm going to show you again, okay? This is what the enemy threw through the windshield to try to kill my daughter. This is what God gave a little boy who said hell no to a giant because he believed in the word of God. And Goliath was coming against the word of God. And he said, by faith, I'm going to take you out. I'm going to give your head to the birds, your eyes. He, he declared the word of God over a man who was mocking the word of God and took him out with this. Size is never an issue with God. The issue with God is whether you and I are going to have faith. That's the issue. And we have hope sometimes. Well, I hope God comes through. I hope God does this. And part of the reason we don't have faith is because we don't dig in the Word to get a promise that means something to us that we're going to hold on to. Or we don't go back to prophetic words that were given to us and reread them again and say, come hell or high water, I'm going to decree and declare this Word because God told me this. When I heard about, when God told me that Michaela hadn't gone to Africa, I started to declare Psalms, I believe it's 118, that she shall live and not die. I started to find scripture to back up what I heard Holy Spirit say. But we as believers sometimes get so caught up in the kingdom of this world. And, and here's what's really crazy, okay? Here's, here's what, I was with this mentor friend of mine, and he told me this, that fear and faith are the same belief system. I said, really? Because first I said, I think fear and faith are opposite. He goes, no, they're the same belief system. Because Job says in 325, you can go back and read, he says, that which I feared has come upon me. See, fear is belief in the negative. It's exercising the negative experience. We say it all the time. Well, this is going to happen. So really what we're doing when we operate in fear, it's a form of faith in the enemy Stealing, killing, destroying, and taking. It's 
It's believing a lie. And we justify it because we have hope. Well, I just hope God comes through. I don't understand every circumstance. You guys, I don't understand. The rock could have killed her, and she could have died and been with Jesus. And I can't stand here and tell you what I would have done, except for I gave her to Jesus and said, if you want to take her home, she's yours. And then that's when I got the word that that wasn't his plan for her life. But faith and fear are the same, it's, it's the same system of belief. I'm either exercising faith for the negative outcome or I'm exercising faith in God for a positive outcome. It's about what I'm hearing and what I determine to believe. How important is this to God? Turn to 1 John chapter 5. We read, we read already in Hebrews chapter 11 that faith is not seen. The problem is we as people, because we, we, we live in this kingdom realm, we have to see it to believe it. But I, 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 I want to challenge you with, what if you believe it before you see it? I don't know about that. I can't allow the circumstances around me to dictate how I'm going to believe. They try. The lies and the fear and the depression. I struggled with depression <clears throat> for most of my life. And I finally realized when I was lying sick, praying for God to heal my body from COVID, that the reason I did was because I confused hope with faith. I had hope in God. I hope he comes through. And many times we base our hope on how good we are or how bad we've been. I've sinned, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe God's not going to come through. But didn't that verse I just read you in Isaiah say he bore our iniquities too? When I read that, I went, the, the Lord, he, he's not going to base whether he heals me or not because of how bad or how good I am. It's all based on what he's promised in his word and what Jesus has provided through his precious blood. So look at what it says. This is crazy. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world. What? Can you guys say it out loud if you have your Bible? Let's just read that again. Because can I, can I challenge you with this is why we're not overcoming the world? But the world is overcoming believers because of the fear. And the believers tend to enter in and partner in with that. And I'm telling you, it's very real. I already told you a story about a week into COVID where it came into my room and I had to battle it. But I want to read this again because this, this is one of those verses you can't go, oh, you can't ignore it. I'm going to read it again. It says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. That means that if you and I are going to overcome the world, our belief system has to be not just, I believe in God, I believe God. Did you get what I just said there? It's not just that I believe in God, because that's hope. I believe in God. 
But are you literally going to believe God even if you're standing naked in the wind all by yourself? Can I, can I encourage you with how you stir up faith? One of, the, one of the ways you stir up faith when you go back to, go back to Hebrews again, Hebrews chapter 11, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. One of the ways you stir up your hope is you go back and you remind yourself of what the Lord did for you before that seemed like a hopeless situation before. And all of a sudden, there's evidence there that he came through. Are there situations where he has not come through? Yes. Do I have situations in my life right now where I'm not seeing things that I've stood for believing God? There are things in this church right now I'm believing God for that I have not seen. Lots. And sometimes it's so easy for us to just give up and give in and quit or quit praying or lose our, our faith or let our faith go or give in to fear because we're just not seeing the things happen. I want to challenge you tonight with it could be because sometimes there's a time element with our faith. Daniel had 21 days of prayer because things were held up in the spirit realm before it was released. We're in a season right now where God is trying to stir up faith in his people. Because if you go and you jump for a few more verses, look what verse 6 says he, of, of chapter 11. It says, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I may not have faith for everything, but I know how to get faith for what I need. And that is I go to the word of God and I have to get faith. Faith is something you have to go after. It's not just something all of a sudden you have. I had to lay in my bed when my fever was high and I had to start believing and reading out loud the word of God because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. I diligently heed the voice of the Lord. I had to tell my brain with my mouth. That's why I don't understand why people don't open their mouth and sing in worship. I just don't get it. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't get it because worship are prayers you're praying to God. Why you would not pray prayers to God in worship, I don't understand. I've never understood that in the church. People say, well, I just don't sing. That's fine that you don't sing, but at least say the words. Because there's power in the word of God. There's power when we're talking about, oh, hail King Jesus. No wonder people don't have faith. They don't speak the word. Your faith is dead. If you don't speak the word, it's dead. And I'm preaching the truth, not because I'm angry, but I'm angry at the devil because he's a liar and he's robbing the church from faith. And what we're doing is we're trading faith for fear. We don't have to be afraid because if we die, we'll be with Jesus. I'm laying on my bed. I'm like, God, if this turns pneumonia, I don't want to die. I want to see my grandkids that I don't have yet. Before I was married, the Lord gave me the verse, and I don't know the address. I'd have to look it up. But it says, you will see your children's children. 
I wasn't even married. And I said, I want to see my grandkids. I want to play with them. And I want to give them the things I, I didn't give my kids because we couldn't afford them. <laughs> and I held on to that verse. But we are afraid to die. We're afraid bad things are going to happen. You will go through trials. You will go through testings. Things will happen. Why they happen, I don't know. Here's what I do know. If you go back and read the story about Peter walking on the water, and for reference, it's Matthew 14, 22 through 33. I got to tell you, he looks out the boat and he sees Jesus. And a lot of people say, make fun of Peter because he was so impulsive. But one of the things I love about Peter is he stepped in his faith. So he gets out of the boat and he starts walking on the water. If you know the story, he asked Jesus, if it's you, tell me to come to you, I'll come to you. So I want to challenge you tonight. If you want to increase your faith, say, Jesus, if this is you, call me to it. Call me to it. If I'm supposed to lead worship to the nations, call me to it. If I'm supposed to go overseas, even on a short-term missions, call me to it. Stop hiding in fear because you're going to get COVID or hiding in fear because something's going to happen and you're going to lose your job or lose this. Don't be so tied into this kingdom. Be tied into that kingdom because that kingdom changes this kingdom. But we are too tied into this kingdom. Do bad things happen? Yes. Do bad things happen to good people? Yes. But just because bad things happen to good people and things I don't understand, I'm not going to allow those things to dictate what I believe in God or allow circumstances to change what I believe his word says. I'm still going to stand and I'm going to shake my fist at the enemy and say, I don't care what you're doing. I'm declaring what he says. I'm believing what he says. Catch my breath. I didn't get out of breath with COVID, but I am with preaching. <laughs> so Peter steps out of the boat. He looks at the wind and the waves. He starts to sink. And he yells out, Lord, save me. And out of God's gracious love, because he's so good to us. We have those moments. And he reaches and he grabs him and he pulls him out of the water. Do you know what the issue was? It wasn't about him walking on the water. We, we, that's the miracle. We, he walked on water. Do you know what it was about? It was about the gaze. It's about his focus. His faith was up when his focus was on the eyes of Jesus. Why the trials and the testings? Why do we have to go through the things that we go through? Because there's things we'll learn walking on the water that we won't learn on the shore. I want the shore. I want the boat. There are things Peter learned about Jesus that the other disciples didn't learn about Jesus. It's all about the gaze. Can I say that part of the problem with our faith 
is our gaze is not on the face of Jesus, but on injustice and all the unfairness and all the things going on in the world. We're focusing on the wind and the waves and all the things happening and asking Jesus why he isn't changing or fixing it. They were looking to Jesus to be a political leader and build an army and conquer Rome. Yeah, that's what they wanted. And it's so funny because Peter, who walked on the water, who was impulsive, Jesus gets arrested and it's totally unfair. They had to break laws to crucify Jesus. So Peter gets mad because it's injustice. I can't believe they're coming and they're going to arrest Jesus. And what does he do? He takes his sword and he cuts off an ear of the soldier. And Jesus just shakes his head. Peter bends down, picks up the ear, puts it back on. If it was me and I was a soldier, I'd be like, okay, anybody else see that? Who are we arresting? Do you know what he's telling Peter? Your ways are not my ways. You and I are the same way. If it's hope and all of our faith is in hope, and hope isn't bad, please hear me, but it doesn't happen the way we think it's going to happen, or we're praying and it's not happening the way we think it should happen, what if God's ways are different and he wants us to stand in faith, have hope, but don't move out of faith? Because the disciples thought differently Jesus gets crucified. They scatter. It looks like everything's falling apart. Let me tell you honestly, standing in front of you, we move a church to Saturday nights. We go through a tough season prior to COVID. We change the name of our church. Everything that church growth tells you not to do, we did. Seen a lot of people leave the church. Some good, some not good. You've all experienced it if you've been around here long enough. I'm going to be honest, and I can't come, and I can't focus on who's not here and who's here. I have to focus on what is he telling us to do? What is he wanting right now? Where does he want to build our faith so we can, whether we believe it or not, when we gather, I don't care if it's 10 of us or 10,000 of us. When we gather in one heart and one mind to worship, to decree, to declare, to believe, to listen to the word of God and see our lives come to life, we're impacting the region whether you believe it or not. And then everything that happens in this little church doesn't just happen on Saturday nights. It's happening all week long in life groups, at your jobs, at every place you guys go, people you're impacting. Things are happening all week long. Testimonies of lives changing and turning around. I went to a doctor on Friday who did a pre-COVID checkup for me whose life has totally turned around. She found Jesus in this church. And now she's saying, you know what? I think I, the enemy is trying to come against you. I'm just going to stop and have you pray against the enemy right now before I do anything else. I've never had a doctor of naturopath say, you just pray and ask Jesus to bind that thing right now, and I'm going to wait till you're done. She didn't know those things a few weeks ago. Do not allow in your faith journey the things that you don't see or the things that you do see impact what you believe. Thank you for one amen.
Can I say that again? Because there should have been more amens there. Not that I need the amens. But the truth is, I can't allow what I don't see or what I do see to impact what I believe about what he has already said. So what I, ha- thank you. What I have to do is go back and find a verse that meets my situation and memorize it and hold on to it and beat the devil with it. I determine I'm going to go through this list. I'm going to read this every day. And I don't care how high my fever gets or how delirious I get. I'm still going to try to read this out loud. And there were a few verses on here that really got my attention. And I said, especially this Isaiah, by his stripes I am healed. I said, my body does not feel like it's healed right now. But if your blood flows through me and it's a temple of the Holy Spirit and it belongs to you, I'm going to declare that it is healed. And darn it, I'm going to church Saturday night and I'm preaching. That was what I was holding on to. I had to get past quarantine. I says, I'm going to do this. I'm going to believe you. So faith is present. Fear is faith in the negative. My faith has to declare what God has said and believe what God has said so that I can take out the Goliaths. So, with that said, can you put that slide up? of the vision statement. Yes. Glenn and Jenny are going to pass out some sheets to you guys because I'm going to ask you to go on a faith journey with me. Are you ready? Do you know the difference between faith and joy? Or faith and hope, excuse me. Hope is forward thinking. And it's okay to have hope. Let me give you another illustration as we're passing these out. How many of you have had a baby? How many moms in here? How many, how many have had been pregnant? Okay. When you're pregnant, what do you do before the baby comes? Well, how do you prepare? Mm-hmm. Okay. How else do you prepare? Clean the house. What else? Get food ready. What's that? Lamaze. <laughs> oh, man. That, that's true. Name the baby. <clears throat> baby shower. You believe that baby's going to come out. You don't want it to stay in, especially I've heard women say the third trimester. They are ready for that baby to come out. Here's my point. Okay. Hope is, hope is, I'm going to have a baby in nine months. That's hope. It's future. Faith is, there's evidence that I have a baby. The evidence may not show the first few months, but you don't say, I don't have a baby. Faith is, I know I have a baby. 
Now, granted, you've gotten tests, and there's a proof that there's a baby in there, but you don't see it. But hope is a seed like a baby that's in you. So what if, in order to get your faith active, you start to live in hope in the situation that you get things ready? You start to do things that people think you're crazy. I can't believe you're doing that. Well, I'm operating in faith right now because I have hope and expectancy that God's going to follow through with what he said. You have to ask the Lord what that looks like. When my father was separated from my mother and doing drugs, and my mom was praying like crazy for him to come back to the family, she would anoint his side of the bed and get it all made up like he was sleeping in it. She would do things like he was in the house, believing that he was going to be back in the house that day. I've heard of people who didn't have food that would clean their cupboards out and wash them out and prepare their cupboards and say, God, thank you that these can be filled with food. Those are crazy things, but they're faith in action. Faith is a muscle. It has to be used. So here's, here's what I want you guys we really pounded, we changed our vision statement a little bit. We just reworded it. We turned some words around. Jesus is Lord. Say that with me. Jesus is Lord. The gospel of power is our message. And people are coming alive. To life. Did I read it wrong? Oh. So the slide is different. It's The one on here is right? Okay. People are coming to life. So read this. People are coming to life. So I, I want you to go on this faith walk with me. If God has called you to the loft, you know he's called you here. You don't fully know why. I'm going to this crazy church that meets on Saturday nights. What I'm saying is here's our vision. We believe Jesus is Lord which means he's the center. He's preeminent. We believe that the gospel should have power to it. It should change your life. It shouldn't just be something that you fill your head with and get really smart about the Bible. It should be active in your life, like what I'm telling you tonight, so that some of you are going to be giant killers because you're going to start moving out of just not confusing hope with faith. And people are coming to life. That comes from Acts chapter 2, the message. It says where the early church gathered and people were coming to life. Let me give you evidence of that. Because if, if this is our vision statement and we're not seeing this happen, it's not a part of our culture. I just was with a doctor on Friday who's coming to life. And she's telling other people who are coming to life. So here's where I'm going to challenge you. And this is going to be a rough word. And, and this is... <clears throat> I love you, and I'm challenging you with what the Lord is challenging me with. I'm telling you, I had two weeks to lay in my bed, and God kind of take me through the process of, here's what I want to do in your life. I want you to give me your eyes for a second, because I want to ask you this. If you are truly coming to life, are you bringing other people to life around you? If not, why? Let me ask it this way. If Jesus changed your life, really changed your life, do we not owe other people that same encounter? 
This is not to put guilt on you, because it's the same thing the Lord's been challenging me with. It's easy to get up and preach in the church on Saturday nights to a bunch of people who come to hear a message. He's challenging me with, as I'm out there, what am I doing to help bring people to life? So what I want to ask you is to go on this faith journey with me, and how I want us to pray is, God, I want you to elevate my faith, to believe you for more and greater things in my life. to exercise that muscle. And faith is a muscle, man. It's a faith muscle. You have to exercise it. And I know we don't always like that word exercise. But faith means I have to act upon it. You can see the mission statement. And, this, and then this is the, how do we know that people are coming to life? If you read the back of this, these are our cultural beliefs, seven of them. These things are going to be happening in people's lives. So I challenge you to read through this, because I know we hand this out every Saturday. Read through this and literally ask the Lord, is this an area I need to grow in? Because if, if, if there's an area back here that you feel like God is challenging you in, I'll tell you where he's challenging me right now kingdom authority, to walk more in the authority of God's kingdom outside those walls. It's terrifying to go up to somebody that the Lord puts on your heart and say, can I pray for you to be healed? Can I give you a prophetic word? But why is it? Why? Here's, here's what I've, I've, you guys have been in the church for, oh, man, older than dirt, 30-some years. Well, as a child, 50 and here's what I've seen. And, and I know you guys are going to probably agree with me because you've seen it too. Why is it that the new believers are the crazy ones? Why is it that the new believers are so on fire and excited for God and they don't really know what the faith is, but they're actually living in faith more than some people who've been in the church 965 years? I'm just telling you, it's, it's, I was laying on my bed in quarantine thinking about all of this and, and asking God, how do we raise the bar at the loft? And he goes, we raise it with you. Me. Oh, I was afraid he was going to say that. Start, God told me, number one, start believing what my word says about you and about what I've called you to do. Start believing it as truth and start declaring it as truth. Quit listening to lies and making lies bigger than my truth. If you believe a lie, the first thing to do is to repent for believing the lie because it's a sin. In other words, I'm believing the faith of the enemy over the truth of God's word. When I went to a counselor three years ago, he said, your problem is you're believing the devil more than you're believing God. I went, oh, I'm not supposed to do that because I'm a pastor. But I could get up and preach you guys the truth. But then I'm struggling all week long believing it. And the Lord says, you have to start believing my word. That's the kingdom authority I've called you to. I don't want to come to church just to hear another good message or get the Jesus bumps. I want to see giants fall. I want to see miracles. I want to see signs and wonders. I want to destroy the works of the devil. And it's not going to be by hoping for it to happen. It's going to be by me taking the word of God and declaring it and standing in faith come hell or high water because the gates of hell will try to prevail against the church. But the gates of hell cannot prevail against a Christian that stands firm on the word of God and says, hell, no. 
So I'm asking you to commit to a vision, and I'm asking you to pray and ask the Lord. Some of you have not really been clear about what the vision of this house is. And the vision of this house is that Jesus is Lord, which means we're going to focus on his presence when we come together and worship. And the second thing is when we preach the word of God, either in here or out there, it's going to have power to it. I don't want to give people false hope. If I'm going to tell them about Jesus, I want to find out what they're believing or what they need in their life. I want the word, just like the disciples in the book of Acts, they go in, and a man's laying at the, at, the, at the gate beautiful and he hasn't walked. They say, look at us. Look at the gaze. Look at Jesus in us. And he does. And they say, rise and walk. And he gets up and he walks. Not only why, he leaps. And people are coming to life. We want people coming to life in this place. Here's the lies I was believing. And I'm bringing this to a close. I'm going to land the plane. Here's the lies I was believing, and I want you guys to hold me accountable. Okay? Oh, the church isn't going to really do the things that it could do because it's on Saturday nights. It's a lie. Well, it's late, and people don't want to bring kids late at night. It's harder for older people to drive. Those are all truths, yes. But can I tell you something? There were seasons where revivals happened across this nation, and people couldn't get through the doors. It didn't matter if it was a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Why? Because if God is present, people will show up. People will come where there's fire. Nobody wants to follow the ice truck, but they will fire the follow the fire truck. They want to go see where the fire is. But it has to be people who are on fire who were believing God for more than just a good sermon on Saturday nights and a warm pew and good air conditioning and good work. Worship. It's God's going to show up. Somebody's arm's going to grow. A demon's going to come out of somebody. Somebody's going to get saved. That's what I want to show up and I want to start seeing. But it can't be on just me and the leaders. All of us have to come together. We all have to believe that we're going to kick the hell out of the devil and we've got to be people who get serious because we're in a culture right now where the world is looking for on fire believers who really believe what they, they say the word of God says. I'm done playing church. Here's the deal. I quit. I quit as your pastor if it's going to keep being like this. I quit. I'm just being honest. I can't play church anymore. COVID is killing people because believers don't have faith. They're too afraid of COVID. It's serious. I'm not belittling it. I laid for two weeks fighting a fever. But I heard testimonies three Sundays ago at Bethel where pastors are praying for people to be healed of COVID and they're getting healed. People who've had long-term symptoms are getting healed. They're praying for people. They're sending claws into hospitals because they can't go in and people are getting healed of pneumonia. We can't be afraid of the lies of the enemy. We have to go in and kick down the gates. Jesus was very loving when he walked the earth, but he had a mission. His mission was to destroy the work of the enemy. 
That's why people were healed. That's why he went to the cross, because the enemy tried to destroy him. But what happened is he rose from the dead, and then he looked at you and me, and he said, greater things are you going to do than I ever did. That's why he did what he did, to release a bunch of radical people. But we can't confuse hope with faith. We have our hope in Jesus. We have our hope in his return. We have our hope in the things he's promised us. But faith says, I'm going to take the things that he said, and they're now words, and I'm going to speak his word over you. I'm going to speak his word and declare it over this situation, and it's going to change. And guess what? It may get worse. That means I just dig in a little deeper. And can I tell you, part of being in a community being in life groups and being, this is not a gathering, it's a community. When things get worse, that's where you call the reinforcements. Okay. I, I texted the intercessors and said, pray for me. My fever's going up. And they got on it. Do you know why? Because one puts 1,000 to flight, two put 10,000 to flight. See, that's what a community of believers does. Oh, we're going to surround, we're going to believe with you. We're going to lock arms together. We're going to believe for Brian until he's fully on fire for Jesus. I still pray for that kid. His last name is Church, for God's sake. <laughs> Talking to Jan. We've been praying for her son for a long time. That kid is anointed for worship. And we're not going to let go. That's a church. That's a community. That's believers who believe more in what he says than what the enemy says. That's what I'm asking you to join me with. I want to be a church, and it's not about, listen to me, it's never about the size with God. I already showed you that. It's about the influence. It's about the influence. You people have influence in places I don't. You are friends with people I'm not. They trust you more than they trust a pastor. Just love the heck on them. Believe with them. Pray with them. Encourage them. Don't argue with them. Don't tell them which president you think should have won. Quit doing that junk. When it's time to stand up for truth, God will tell you when to stand up for truth. Don't get tied into this kingdom. Get tied into that one. So stand with me. I'm going to land the plane. <laughs> I just had this thought. You guys are going to pray for me so that I don't ever get sick again because I was, like, gone too long. And I'm wired. But I'm telling you, when I was laying there and praying, I had a heart for people who were going through COVID. And I will tell you this. I have a whole different view of COVID. People are sick and are hurting and are dying, and we're the hope. The church carries the hope. So don't get into arguments. Love people. Pray for people. Declare truth over people. When you pray, speak truth over them. And don't do it in a way that's demeaning. Do it in a way that's positive and in a way that gives God glory. So I'm just going to ask you, if you feel called to this crazy journey, I don't know what our church is, I don't know what it's going to look like for us. For some weird reason, we can't find a place to meet on Sunday mornings. We're trying. 
We don't feel like we're supposed to move out of Oregon City. I have blood sewn into this piece of real estate in the region. You do too. I don't know why. It would be easy. We could find something outside of Oregon City, but I keep hearing God say no. Saturday night is hard. It's a sacrifice for some people. Personally, I love Saturday night, but I don't have little kids. It messes up your weekend a little bit. You got to quit doing your stuff at home and go, oh, it's church. Some people tell me they forget to even come to church on Saturday. But I'm telling you, man, there's something about the sacrifice of us gathering on a night when other people don't gather. Think about all the other churches are gathering on Sunday, and we're preparing the atmosphere for Sunday morning for other places. No. We're a place Saturday nights. Yes. And, and we're, when we worship, we're like preparing the ground. And it's not, I mean, it's so are other people. I'm not saying this so that we have pride. But if you can think in, 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 in faith that when I gather on Saturday night, I'm, I'm praying and worshiping breakthrough for other places. Can you imagine if our prayers and worship on Saturday night can help provide breakthrough for this church on Sunday morning or other places? It's so worth coming Austin, dude, that's why I like it, too. <laughs> I got to high-five you. I wasn't going to say anything, but you did. <laughs> so good. Yeah. I love you. I'm proud of you. And I mean, you're relatively new to the faith, too. And you're, I'm just really proud of you. And it's really good to see your face. I missed you. And there are other faces we don't see that are a part of this body. There are people who can't come on Saturday nights. Some people work and they're very sad they can't come. And that breaks my heart. Because they want to be here. They're part of life groups, but they can't be here on Saturday night. So I just want to commend you guys. I want to kill giants. Oh, I want to kill giants. I don't want to get caught up worrying about Biden or worrying about the... I, God's going to deal with those things as we pray. Our job is to bring this kingdom into this one. Not to create division, not to stir up strife. Bring this kingdom. And this is a kingdom of love and power. This kingdom impacts this one. So hold out your hands. <laughs> you know what I was going to bring you guys? I need to do it. I'm preaching. Am I preaching next Saturday? Oh, it's the men's retreat. Ooh, Sarah's preaching. Dang. <laughs> Jamaican devil butt kicking next Saturday night in here. With all of the women. Can you imagine the women that if the men are, if there'll be some men here too that don't go to the advance, but. Dude, there's not going to be a devil within like 20 miles from here. Oh, so I was going to bring you guys. Let me do it. I think I'm preaching the week after. I wanted to bring you guys, and I want to do it. I wanted to bring you a rock, and I didn't. And I wanted you to, I wanted you to keep that rock as a reminder that, and they were going to be all different sizes, and I'll bring them in a couple weeks. And I want it to be a reminder of it. You have the faith in you to take out giants. Some of you have been praying for your kids like Jan. 
we've been praying for ours. Some have been praying for finances. Some have been praying for a mate. Some of you have been praying. And I want your hope for these things to come, become tenacious and become faith for these things. And every time the enemy lies, you pick up that rock and you go, it's a lie. So I don't have a rock to give you tonight, but I'm going to get one. <clears throat> so let's hold out our hands and pretend. God, I love these people. The hardest thing, Lord Jesus, with COVID wasn't the fever and the sickness. It was not being with these people. Not seeing their faces. I get encouraged by seeing their faces, by hugging their necks, by hearing their stories. And I thank you for their faithfulness. I thank you for their desire to want Lord God, the best. I thank you that Austin takes seriously what you say and he processes it in his heart. People take notes. They listen to what you're saying. So, Father, these hands right now that are extended, I pray a deposit of faith in Jesus' name that takes out giants. I pray, God, a deposit of faith that stirs up the region. Lord, we believe that God doesn't want Oregon to go to hell in a handbasket. We believe there's revival coming to this state, to this city, into this region. People will continue to come to life. So in our hands are seeds of faith. We take them now and take your hand and put it in your heart. We put this faith in our heart. May it grow into trees that affect generations to come with the fruit of righteousness and the fruit of the kingdom. And all God's people said, Amen and amen. I love you all. Glenn's class is going to be really good. And just so you know, how many weeks is it? How many? Nine? After his class, Michael and I, Michael Espinzito, if you've not met him and his wife, he has a missions organization in Cancun. That's where he's at right now. We're going to teach a class on the Holy Spirit. But in order to be in the Holy Spirit class, we want you to take the foundations class first so we can lay some foundational things. And then the Holy Spirit class, we're going to pray for people to be filled with the Holy Spirit and get gifts in the Holy Spirit. Michael's written a book that he's, he's a preacher, teacher, powerful man of God. He and I are both going to co-teach the class. We're going to lay hands on people. Some have been praying for a prayer language. God, I've wanted this. Or, or I'd love to flow in miracles, signs and wonders. And sometimes it's activation. And so after in the, in the winter when Glenn's class is done, we're going to do our class the same time, either Saturday or Sunday. We'll let you know for sure. But I want to encourage you to get in that class so some foundation is late. Oh, yes. Offering. Yeah. So for some of you, this is your first act of faith. <laughs> so, Father, we thank you that we get to give. Generosity is one of our cultures. And, God, I just thank you that you, we can never outgive you. I'm blown away by how, Lord God, when I give to your kingdom, you multiply it. A little boy gave a few fish and bread. You lifted it up to heaven, and 12 baskets, Lord God, were left over. You never waste anything except your love that you pour out genuinely and generously. So we pray that the offering would be blessed. Thank you, God, for the things that happen with these finances that impact the world. We love you, and we praise you, Jesus. In your name we pray, God. 
Amen. All right. You guys can pass the offering plates. And then, um, wow. So good in here. As you're leaving, just hug on a couple people. Love on them. If you don't have offering, go ahead and you can you can leave. If you do, the, the bucket will come by. Love you guys. Have an amazing week killing giants. Giant killing this week. Butt kicking. If you were inspired by today's message, be sure to hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. For more information about The Loft or for gathering times and locations, you can check out our website at www.theloftnw.org or find us on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you'll join us again next time.